Welcome to the GSD Factor Podcast Season 2 with your host, Misha Blamire-Farish. Welcome to the GSD Factor Podcast. I'm your host, Misha Blamire-Farish. And today I'm so excited to have a dear friend and colleague, Teresa Blissing. Hi, Teresa. Hi, Misha. How are you? I'm so excited to be on your show again. <laughs> yes, I know. You're one of my early podcast guests in season one. So, so excited to have you here today. And today we are talking about your brand new book that's coming out here in October. So, Teresa, share with our listeners today about the book and you know what you are trying to do in the market and in the industry with it. Um, yeah, sure. You know, first of all, also congratulations on your book. You know, you were a huge inspiration. And yeah, publishing your own book is is a really exciting journey. It's also a journey where you find very, you know, a lot of moments where you're just like, oh, Jesus, why did I <laughs> decided to do that? No, but maybe to give you a little bit of background, right? So we first met, I think during COVID, when when I was stuck in Germany, about to move to Australia. And around that time was also when Brian Falschuk, the original founder of the Future of Insurance series, reached out to me. We had connected before through the Asia InsurTech podcast, which I run with Michael Waits. And um, yeah, he has been on our show. I've been on his show um, at that time, you know, based out of Asia, spent, you know, close to a decade um, living living in Asia Pacific. So when Brian reached out with this idea of writing a book in his series, but focusing on the Asian market, thought, you know, it's a, it's a brilliant idea. It's just a very bad timing, um, with, you know, moving continents. And I've, I've done this um, way too often in my life. But um, yeah, yeah. Um, Moved to moved to Sydney, Australia. Started writing the book, and now earlier this year, I've actually relocated again to New York because you know moving continents is so much fun. And um, finally, here we are. Um, the book is done and is yeah going to release on October seventeenth. Amazing. So, Teresa, for those who don't know your background and your areas of expertise, give us a little taste of your story. Talk to us about your journey and what you have done to bring you to this point. Yeah, sure. So for, for everyone who was, you know, trying to figure out my accent, um, I'm still sometimes unsure where it's really from. Um, but originally, I'm from Germany. So I grew up in Germany. I started my career in the insurance industry in Germany. I worked for Italian insurer Generali um, for 10 years, uh, started in 2004 in Germany, was also with the group in Hong Kong. It was in 2009. Um, different, different life back then. Um, but yeah, it was my first introduction to living abroad and also to the Asian insurance market. And it was a time where Generali started a lot of their Asian based insurance carriers. So there was, uh, Generali Indonesia. There was future Generali in India, Generali Filipinas. And, for me, it was really exciting to see how different the challenges, but also opportunities were for these carriers, right? Compared to a market like Germany, which is very mature and saturated, you know, similar to, to the US market. So I, I really enjoyed my time there and seeing how insurance is sometimes marketed in a different way in developing countries where you have a population with very low financial literacy. 
So, but I went back to Germany and um, was was working in the employee benefit um, area with Generali and their Generali Employee Benefit Network. But I was like, you know, there must be more in life than just working for one insurance carrier. Um, so I decided to take a break, um, go back to Asia. I did uh, my MBA, um, did an academic research study on the adoption of big data. That was in 2015. And that was really the time where the term big data came up in the insurance industry, right? And everybody was talking about how big data is going to change everything. And me coming from, you know, one of the largest uh, insurers in, in Europe, at least, um, and I knew there was no big data. There was, you know, not, not even small data. All the issues of, you know, siloed approaches, um, you know. So I was really intrigued and um, decided to take that time and really analyze, like, what are the challenges with these, like, new technologies and why is it so difficult for insurance incumbents to adopt them? And um, yeah, and that was my my entry into all things innovation and uh, then also started to follow the InsurTech trend and did a lot of um, research on like the different types of InsurTechs and realized that there was really a lack of visibility for Asian-based InsurTechs in like, you know, the global insurance media. So this is when Michael Waits and I decided back in 2019 to start the Asia InsurTech podcast to bring really Asia success stories um, to a global audience. Because again, you can't just take a concept that works in the US or in Germany or in the UK and apply it to a market like Indonesia or India or you know China. It's a completely different landscape. So... That was really the idea behind the Asia InsurTech podcast and now also with this book to really tell the stories and give some context why insurance looks different, but also what we can learn in developed markets and more mature markets from these examples. I love your story and I love how it's just woven its way and it's been a journey for you. And I think what's so important is how you have brought the story, you know, the Asia market and how the landscape is different. And you've brought that to the rest of the world, right? You shared their stories, you've amplified. And I think that the there's so many learnings there. And I think you being that voice for, for them has been so important. If people are interested in this Asia market, talk to us a little bit about, you know, what they can glean from your book as it relates to the Asian marketplace, the landscape, the stories that are coming out there, because there are so many lessons to be learned, right? I think, you know, you and I have talked about we can learn something from everything, right? We can learn what to do and we can learn what not to do. But I think when we learn, we can also apply that different lens. And yeah. I think this Asian market gives us another beautiful lens into this intertech industry that could still be applied to a lot of other markets. So share with us, you know, if I'm an if I'm a reader and I'm going to go and purchase your book, what are we going what am I going to glean from this and how can I apply that is it as I'm embarking or continuing my own insurance or insurtech journey. Yeah. No, absolutely. So I followed the same structure that Brian had, you know, developed for for his, um, you know, the first three books, um, where we are looking at like a storytelling case study approach. So I have the case studies of eight different companies. And when I started with this, um, you know, with 
writing the book. And Brian followed an approach where in his first book, he focused on um, like legacy insurers. And then in his next next book, he, he focused on startups. And the third one um, is now on partnerships. But what I really wanted to do is give a glimpse into what I feel is very unique in Asia. And that is how they design and market products, especially to attract a younger generation, right? So if you are looking at um, a market like Indonesia, which has 270 million people, one of the you know largest countries uh, worldwide and the largest economy in Southeast Asia, 50% of their population is under the age of 30. So this is you know, uh, a really young society with a lot of people who have grown up digital natives. But at the same time, it's, you know, one of the markets with the lowest insurance penetration worldwide. So they only have 1.6% of GDP, whereas in the US, it's 12.4%. And in China, it's even 20%. So very low insurance penetration, which also means, you know, very low financial literacy. A lot of people don't know about insurance. And a lot of the young generation, they don't have this habit of buying insurance from their parents, right? That's often how we learn about insurance. We learn from it from our parents or we learn from it when we buy our first car. But Indonesia is also one of the very few markets that has no mandatory motor insurance. So you can drive a car or a motorbike and you don't need to buy insurance, not even third-party liability. And that really means that they're is a large part of the population, which is really young, which is upcoming, which has a rising um, middle class, but at the same time is very unaware of the concept of insurance. So how do you sell insurance to such a population? Right. So that was some of the, the ideas I had for this book, like how are companies in Asia addressing this gap and are selling insurance um, to you know, to a new market segment. But I also wanted to give a bit of variety of, you know, all the different players in all the different countries. So I have con I have companies and case studies in this book from Pingan, which is the second largest insurer in the world, actually the largest motor insurer in the world. And so they are um, operating as an insurer in China. Very mature, um, you know, again, one of the, the biggest insurers globally. But then I also have examples from India um, with like a fintech company that is offering um, insurance through a, like a mobile payment platform and has managed to create a pull product situation, which, you know, if you ask people in mature markets, they will tell you, you know, insurance is normally a push product. But this company was able to create whole products and sell it to the population that is unaware of insurance. Like, for example, they launched a COVID cover and their research found that they 50, over 50% 50 of people who bought that product were first-time insurance buyers, right? So they have never bought insurance before and they managed to sell it in a digital mobile-first way. And then, you know, again, uh, Indonesia, another example. Um, so I really have a mix but I also wanted to shine some light on the more mature market. So I have examples from Hong Kong, um, like the first startup that acquired a virtual um, insurance license in Hong Kong and the struggles they went through and also, you know, took an existing market and grew it. 
And um, then the the last example I have, and I'm really glad I have um, this story in the book as well. It's on the Japanese market, which is, again, very different to the other markets, very mature, one of the largest insurance markets in the world. A lot of U.S. companies are actually you know, operating in the Japanese market, but they are struggling with growth and they are also struggling to attract the younger generation. So they have an aging problem and a lot of the wealth is, um, you know, with the more el- older generation in like um, 65 plus. but. You know, the, they are they are disappearing gradually. So I have an example of a really new insure tech that is going in, actually taking lessons from a startup they had built in Singapore, a company called Singlife, which now is a is a big insurance carrier. But like some of the original team went to Japan, took the lessons they have learned in Singapore, applied it to that market, and are also planning to grow in this segment of younger customers um, in a very mature market. So yeah, you know, it's a really a bunch of different companies in different stages, but also countries in different economic development stages um, to really give a good understanding on how these companies are tackling, first and foremost, making insurance more accessible, um, distributing in new ways and um, attracting the younger generation. And we all love a story because we remember the story. Yeah. Right. And I for and history has shown us that that if you tell a story to pass on that legacy. Um, and I also think too, in a very um data-driven world that we live in, the case studies are important, right? To see what works and what doesn't work. And um, you know, I think you know, hearing so hearing from you now, just the case studies, there's so many nuggets that we can still apply into the insurance, into the US space and the European space, right? Because I think that there's certainly um, it's that, you know, education and awareness component. It's how do you get into the younger generations? How do you market to them from a consumer perspective? And I think uh, I'm really excited to read the book because I think that there's so many lessons that we can all learn from one another. Um, but what's really fun is I you've brought together eight such compelling stories compelling case studies that are all tackling different things. And I think that we can all continue to learn from one another. And I'm also just really excited that we're amplifying other voices and other messages and other stories. So thank you. No, no, thank you. And you know, what What was really crazy, because I followed, again, the same approach that Brian was, um, you know, has developed with his first books. And each case study has like a lessons learned. Um, and, you know, again, they apply um, to, to many companies, not only in Asia. But then at the end, there are three overarching principles that apply to all of the case studies, which is which is still mind boggling in a way, right? Because again, there's Ping'an, one of the largest insurers in, you know, in the world operating in China. And then there's uh, Tune Protect, which is an insurer out of Malaysia, who is part of the Air Asia group, so an airline group, right? And um, then the example of Habito in Japan, very early stage startup. But still, there were like three overarching principles that emerged from all of these case studies. And it's just a reminder that after all, we are all operating in the same industry. And yes, there are challenges that are unique to, you know, different markets, different regulation. 
But there are still some, you know, three overarching principles that apply regardless of if you're a startup or an incumbent and if you're operating in uh, China, Japan, India, or Indonesia, and I would argue also in the US or Germany. So yeah, even if it's maybe not good for selling the book, but you know, happy happy to quickly <laughs> share what these uh, what these lessons are. So you know, one is build a customer focused business, which I think everybody agrees on. The challenge is it's not that easy to implement, and I think especially in the insurance industry, we come from from a reality where often like products are designed internally, product-driven strategy, that is still the case in you know many, many organizations today. And then if you're looking at user journey, user experience, especially from like a you know mobile first approach, where I think again, Asia has maybe an edge over the West because of the young population, because they leapfrogged certain development stages. So they are really good at you know, designing a user journey where even people without any financial literacy are able to buy an insurance product online. And then the other one is um, embrace change. That's also something that a lot of companies, especially the more mature ones, are struggling with. But then if you look at Pingan, um, I believe one of the reasons they are one of the largest insurers in the world is because they are really embracing change and they have pivoted their their corporate strategy several times in their history. They were one of the first companies to, you know, follow a customer-focused approach who were, in produce, uh, were introducing NPS in the year 2000, um, who, you know, transformed completely to the cloud. And, um, you know, just a reminder that regardless of your size, you are still able um, to follow and you know, apply such a mindset. And then the last uh, last foundation is, you know, leverage the power of partnerships. Nobody is going to succeed alone, right? And um, what, what I always find with insurers and now like embedded insurance is a big buzzword. And what I always feel like insurers come from a perspective that everything centers around them. And that is just not not true that there are other ways where you can you know embed insurance in a meaningful way and not necessarily you know hide it but you know just create it where it works together with other partners with their ecosystems and you know is a part of a of a bigger product and you know risk mitigation mitigation strategy um so yeah these were the three lessons and they really emerged through all the all the examples and i believe even people in the u.s and germany can can really relate to that i always love bullet points and i love yeah. i love three lessons so i you know i think that those principles coming out those lessons coming out i think are so important and so applicable. And I think for you and your journey and your story, um, you know, you have been such an influence, right? You really embody that GSD factor attribute of being influential and leading by example and trailblazing. And I think, um, you know, by you always, you know, whenever I think of the Asian market, I think of you first because <laughs> of just how you've always been so dedicated to 
sharing that story, bringing that story to the rest of the world and amplifying and supporting. And I think that there's so many lessons to be learned. And so, um, first of all, thank you. And thank you for bringing this to the forefront because I think it's so important. And there's so many applicable lessons and nuggets that we can all apply um, to our own marketplaces where, you know, where insurance and tech and, you know, the fusion together, um, it's so important. So, Teresa, where can they find, you know, pre-order or purchase the book? What is the best place for them to do that? Yeah, so the, the book is available on, on the Amazon store. Um, so okay. if you go to the Amazon store, search for Teresa Blessing or search for the future of insurance or also search for Brian Falschuk because it's part of his series and you will find uh, volume four, um, the future of insurance, Asia Rising. Can pre-order it as a Kindle ebook already. And on October 17th, there will be also hardcover, um, paperback and the audiobook, which Yay! now I'm I'm recording it at the moment, and it's probably one of the most difficult things I've ever done Isn't in my it? life. You <laughs> underestimate these things, but um, yeah, obviously, um, you know, I want to do a good job, and I'm myself loving audiobooks, so I know how important you know the narrator is. So <laughs> I guess I have a really high, high bar here. Um, but yeah, so if you want to listen to me tell you the stories, that is also possible. Wonderful. So everyone go out and get your copy. And uh, we're so excited for this. And Teresa is so proud of you. Um, and thank you so much for being on the GSD Factor podcast. And thank you to our listeners for listening today to the new author, uh, Teresa Blissing and her upcoming book. And you know, go out and purchase and listen. And don't forget to get shit done. Thanks for listening to the GSD Factor podcast. If you liked this episode, please rate and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, where you can also find previous episodes. Let's also connect on LinkedIn and Instagram. If you're looking for more information on the GSD Factor, visit us at gsdfactor.com. And always remember to GSD, get shit done. 